Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. And now we'll go straight to our main message. Probably the most subtle thing that comes against Christianity today is the veiled cosmic system. The cosmic system is Satan's rulership, his policies, his attitudes, his actions, his reactions, how he influences the believer by demonic obsession, and demonic obsession leads to preoccupation with self that is abnormal. Then he infiltrates the believer's thinking to go against the will of God, to go against the plan of God, purpose of God, and to get the believer to neglect the word of God or reject the word of God. He does everything to project his feeling when he fell in heaven. He also desires to project his feeling when he saw Adam and Eve fall in the garden. He does everything in his power to make Christians psychopathic. A psychopathic person is a person that is overwhelmed with himself. It is a person who is deeply depressed. It is a person who cannot find his way in the wilderness. And so Satan always comes and disguises himself. And he does everything in his power to get believers to live inside his system as believers. Let me say that again. He does every single thing in his power to get Christians to live inside his system. If he can get the believer to live inside his system, he has to deal with them according to what their faith is toward God. Meaning, he cannot do as much to a sincere believer inside of his system as he does to a believer who is insincere. He brings in and sponsors through his demonic army very, very many conflicts. And he always presents the conflicts in such a way that nobody can resolve them. So he leaves God's people who are inside of his system with unresolved conflicts that surmount and intensify. And it's constant. I want you to think about that very, very carefully. Any believer in this room could live inside of his system for days and be very sincere. But the purpose would be to hinder the, the plan of God in your life, to hinder any personal relationship with Jesus Christ that was so meaningful that you would be delivered. And that's what the cosmic system does with its policies that... It does everything to hinder any relationship with Jesus Christ that is meaningful. It tries to stifle and prevent any meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. So if he cannot attack the Word of God, he tries to get us to neglect it. If he can't succeed in getting us to neglect the Word of God, he tries to get us not to be able to uh, apply it by putting... Uh, emotional blocks and mental blocks in our lives when we're hearing it. 
And then what he desires to do is to get us to reject the word of God because it doesn't work for us. And that's where he is heading in his cosmic policy, cosmic system. Satan, the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of this world, if he can, he would love to organize your schedule for you. And he would even help you to be disciplined. But if he could organize your schedule, he would have you busy in a good way so you couldn't receive doctrine to make it in his world system. Because it is his world system. Jesus said it was his world system. The earth is the Lord's, but the world system belongs to him. So Jesus Christ says, neither give place to Satan's world system. Ephesians 4.27 Do not give a place to the satanic diabolicus. The thing that he uses is the same thing that he executed and exercised in heaven before he was kicked out. The thing he uses is a pride complex. A pride complex is basically when I exalt myself above God, but I still honor God as my Lord by confession. I exalt myself above scriptures. I exalt myself above knowledge. I exalt myself above the plan of God or, or the purpose of God or the pastor that God has sent in my life. I exalt myself above mandates in the scriptures and say, well, I can't do that. That's nice, but I can't do it. That's the pride complex. I exalt myself beyond meekness, beyond humility, into negativity and reaction and self-justification and self-defense and self-absorption. Pride complex. Pride complex is used by Satan to control believers. Satan invented it for the carnal Christian. Satan invented it for the backslider, the pride complex. Satan invented it for the casual churchgoer, the casual ones. He invented the pride complex. The pride complex has a vocabulary, and for the believer, it is a religious vocabulary. And they can rationalize with their evangelical vocabulary very cleverly their rights, why they're doing what they're doing, and why they're going to continue to. That's the pride complex. Eve received it. That's why she went after the tree of knowledge of good and evil. She, she received what had already been invented for the demons that left heaven, the third of them that were kicked out. And Eve accepted the pride complex. The pride complex is possible for every single person everywhere. It's supernatural. It has its origin in supernatural light that is embedded in supernatural darkness. It's a very serious thing. Satan has an organized program of lies and presents them with tr as truth by projections, by making the emotions a target for such initiations. Then... He tries to control the believers and he brings into their lives an education which derives from his academic ability. He is academically, he is beautiful in, in his supernatural 
ability in terms of light and I don't mean it's the right kind of light of course it isn't but he brings in an organized program of presumption Jesus calls it the great transgression in Psalm 19, 12 and 13 he makes believers presume which leads to paranoia. He has a college and he has his schools and he indoctrinates through his college and through his educational system. He promotes antagonism toward the things that relate to God. He has a philosophy with his demons and loves believers to, to accept what they call their own thinking but which is in reality human viewpoint human viewpoint human viewpoint because of the pride complex always denies divine viewpoint let me illustrate when my preaching gets spread hot toward somebody being reconciled with their wife or their husband and I bring up the scriptures and convictions here I won't see the people that are separated for days they're very angry they're mixed in between conviction and condemnation they put self in place of God and they do it regularly but if you talk with them and you mention Jesus name tears may come to their eyes that's what we call deception unbelievable deception and Satan if he could would, would deceive the whole world Revelation 12 9 and the whole cosmic system lies under his dominion Jesus said through the Apostle John, Love not the cosmic system, neither anything in the cosmic system. That is, the rule of the devil, the rule of his demons. Because if any man loves anything in the cosmic system, there is no way he will love God the Father. And then it describes the cosmic system. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the most terrible one is the pride of life that's the pride complex so Jesus said please don't have anything to do with the cosmic system not a thing hate it and if you don't hate the cosmic system the pride complex which he invented will be given to you as a defense mechanism for your decisions I hope you heard that the pride complex will be developed and given to you through the education of a defense system that protects your present decisions which are not right with God. And remember, it has vocabulary, rationale, and even evangelical ability in its communication. So when Jesus said, don't love it, I want you, said Jesus, to resist it, to use recovery and rebound. And most of all, I, I want you to go into spiritual rehabilitation. Spiritual rehabilitation. What is spiritual rehabilitation? It's a wonderful thing. Number one, spiritual rehabilitation can only be effective inside the kingdom of God. That is, theatric action. Theantric action, once again, is the Father's plan revealed to us by the Word, the Holy Spirit's revelation of Jesus Christ 
and the Holy Spirit glorifying Christ and revealing the living word to make it become life as a written word. And these three things with the word of God, these three persons with the word of God live inside of us. That's living inside of theantric action or if you want to call it kingdom of God, that's perfectly okay. That is living inside the kingdom of God. And the only way that I can become effective against the cosmic system because of its supernatural phenomena and ability and process of educating its subjects and giving them a defense system and justifying their decisions and having a support group to do so and deceiving them, the only way that we can do it is to live inside the kingdom of our God, not just be saved and go to church. Living inside the kingdom means that I honor all the mandates, but rebound immediately if I fail. I honor the commandments to love, to go to church, to evangelize, to lay down my life, to forgive. I honor that. That's what it means to be a resident inside the kingdom. That's kingdom life, governmental life by God. That means God's government is ruling me with spiritual authority under the government of grace, mercy, and love. So I'm able and you're able to resist temptation. Now here's the thing that Satan loves to do with a cosmic system. He loves to provide a communion table in 1 Corinthians 10.21. And in that communion table, we can justify anything we do by having communion in the cosmic system. Number two. He manipulates and controls us to be enemies of the cross while we don't believe it and don't think we are. Philippians 3.18 Number two. In James 4.4, 4, we make so many worldly decisions that we become an enemy of God while we're still believers. James 4.4 4, Friendship with the cosmic system means to be an enemy of God. That's an quite a thing with some people in John 15:23 they're Christians but they hate God and in 1 John 2:18 and 2:22 and 4:3 they they're against Christ they become double minded in James 1:8 because they're carnal in Romans 8:7 now we have to realize that God makes war with every person inside the cosmic system. Here I am, a pastor, and if I got inside the cosmic system, there would be a war against me, and God would be causing the war to be against me. So I must learn what the cosmic system is. Then I must learn what the kingdom of God is. Then I must humble myself before God and be promoted inside the kingdom's operation the word of God and the spirit and Satan's desire is to darken the soul and to have it be wounded so it lives in negative reactions toward godly people that's his desire he does so by giving them a fantastic case against life alienated darken their soul that's Ephesians 4 17 and 18 and to get them to where they are past feeling for anything, Ephesians 4.19.
But the Lord Jesus Christ in his spiritual rehabilitational program does everything to reveal to us that Satan tries to get people's volition to make decisions that are unrealistic with God. Like, I'm going to divorce my wife and marry this woman because, to be honest with you, I've never really loved my wife anyway. I'll just tell you privately in the car. But I do love this woman. And, and I want to tell you now, it's not sex. So I, I, next month I am getting a divorce. And, of course, there's going to be all kinds of talk about it. But God knows and God understands. An unrealistic decision in, toward unreality. Because I'm living inside the cosmic system, I have a rationalistic ability to communicate to you why I'm doing it. And I can do it very sincerely. And of course, when I do it, I become an enemy of the cross, an enemy of God, and deceived. And I look for people that understand, and a church that says, we understand why you're doing it. Then I criticize and attack the church that says it's wrong and it's pastor I do anything I can the rest of my life to criticize him because if I accepted what he said I would have to admit that I'm living in sin so here we face some unusual things this type of person is living in spiritual death spiritual death and they're antagonistic toward categories from the word of God and we begin to think as Satan thought in his fall in heaven and, is, and what he projected to Eve to think in the fall of Eve and Adam we begin to think like that so the world today has been highly educated by the cosmic system the music the, the rock music is cosmic and Satan has brought it into the church these people that argue it's no different than certain other kinds of music are wrong it is there is a major difference in its origin in its purpose and in its effect I'm not going into that but I've studied it and I've got the facts it's brought into especially emotional churches sometimes so we have the thing which the cosmic system trying to control God's people it doesn't try to stop you from going to church at first I mean this in fact it it would kind of like it if you'd be faithful to church but never change your viewpoint it says have your own mind because that sounds good until you until you find out where it came from the cosmic system this is why some very good believers that perhaps we would call fundamentalists they tried to fight the cosmic system but weren't educated into what it was about so what they did they tried to get Christians to do things and be somebody without living inside the kingdom of God and so our teenagers grew up not here but being pounded on hate the world don't do this in the world and the principle was true, but the message fell short of being effective. Because the leaders didn't know how to, how to do it. And the only way you can fight these shocking, worldly things in the cosmic system that confront me and all of us 
is inside the kingdom. So they never taught their teenagers, hey, there's a kingdom of grace, there's a kingdom of love, there's a kingdom of purpose, there's a kingdom that has a plan, there's a kingdom that will motivate you, there's a kingdom that will forgive you every day, there's a kingdom where subjects will love you, then there's a kingdom that will give you power beyond beyond the word, but with words. <laughs> if you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. In First Samuel 16, the contrast is often made between David and King Saul. Now, King Saul, he wasn't the Lord's choice, per se, to be king. The people wanted a king. Yet, nonetheless, this man, we would say that he was born again that he went through a transformation process when the anointing to be king happened. The prophet Samuel laid hands on him. He went and he he danced with the prophets and prophesied. Something happened in his heart and his mind. And, And Samuel said, you'll be a new man. And this anointing to be king was laid on his life. Now David, on the other hand, David was very cooperative with the plan of God and with the man of God and with the commandments that came forth and as the character of God was revealed to him David was cooperative and embraced this whereas Saul did not and he is many times pictured as as a carnal man really a man living in two worlds where he had been changed and yet he did not embrace this new life Saul disobeys God. Basically, the prophet and him have a confrontation. And it's recorded that that is the last time that the prophet stands before him. They never meet again after this. And he goes and leaves directly and he anoints David. But there's interaction between David and Saul, though there's never interaction between the man of God and Saul again. And... um. And then this one portion here, where David is sent, the men with Saul send away for David to come because um, Saul is greatly troubled by a spirit that comes from God. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well. And the evil spirit, it departed from him. This is amazing, amazing. And I was saying, well, why? This is my questions before God. Why, God? Why? What does this mean? What does the heart mean? What does this mean? Now it says here in this passage, this is in chapter 16, that, that Saul loved David. He 
He loved him. As soon as he saw him, he loved him. There was something about him that he loved. And it was only in his presence that he was refreshed. Okay, but then if you go here to the end of chapter 17, chapter 17 is where David defeats Goliath, and many things transpire in that chapter. And David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines. Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistines in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David answered and said, I am, thy ser- I am the son of thy servant, Jesse the Bethlehem. King Saul did not know who David was. In a real way, he did not know who David was. One chapter before, it said that he loved him. As soon as he saw him, he loved him. And he said, make this man my armor bearer. And and whenever he was troubled in mind, he brought David in to play the harp. And he was refreshed. It said he was well. And that the spirit that troubled him no longer troubled him anymore. But now at the end of the next chapter, he doesn't even know who he is. Why? What, What is this? That we are, we are of a different dispensation in a very real way. We, we have two natures that battle within us. There's our old nature and there's our new nature. And our old nature never knows. It can never know the new nature. There's something wrong. There's something broken. And it's never at rest, really. And it's never put to rest and it never gets healed we've been given the spirit of God the spirit of God just like David David had the spirit of God on his life and the soul of Saul loved him loved him because he was the new person that he really was loved him but he was not living that life and so the decisions he made brought him down a path where The life of God was foreign to him. It troubled him. It hurt him because he couldn't live it. He was living in Romans 7 perpetually. But here we are, David. You see the life of David. David goes forward with God, continues to make good decisions. And our soul will see the life of God and rejoice and be refreshed. And we will live as that person. We will live as David lived. We'll dance as David danced. Or... We can really lead a very troubled life, a very hard life. When we say to God, no, no grace today, God. I'm either going to do it on my own or I'm mad at you or, or I don't like my situation or, or I just, hey, you know, grace has been good for a while. But I mean, I'd kind of like to do something else. What happens? We don't even know the life of God. It's very easy to, to be walking to church and say, Wow, I, these people are so happy. I've been a member of the church for a long time. These people are happy. This is, what is this? It's almost a foreign life when we're backslid. But it's only a moment's time. It's only a decision's time away. Saul could never make the decision. He never was before the man of God again. He was kind of cut off from that life. We live in a time when there is an open heaven. When Jesus Christ is available to us every day, every moment, every second. The Spirit of God never leaves us. Never. And so, though we have the option 
to live as a carnal person because God honors us so much, He loves us truly, that He lets us say no. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com And there are people today who are living the Christian life, who are Christians. They have been turned. They have been changed. But they have not gone to church, maybe. They never were in a ministry to talk grace. Maybe they were burnt. Maybe they were... And I think that there's... God wants to send us, like a David, into their lives. And the sweet song that we play on our harp refreshes their soul, refreshes their lives, and enables them, enables them again. And sometimes they're not going to know. Sometimes they're not going to respond. And the next time they'll see us, they'll go, Who are you? I've never met you before. And we'll go, you know what? I'm the same. I'm, I'm God's. I'm, I'm a person who loves Jesus, because Jesus, what Jesus did for me, because He changed my life and He loves me. And you know what? You can come, come, and we'll talk to Samuel together. Why don't you come on Sunday? I got somebody I'd love for you to meet. The man of God. In Jesus' name, Amen.